Okay, so um, do you have batteries in your recorder? Are they are they good batteries? Is the recorder turned on? And you've pressed the record button. Good. And okay. the numbers are moving. And the numbers are okay. I know. I'm, I know how we have to start today. So, John, um, there's been a few suggestions of renaming the podcast here in the office. Um, oh no! There's uh, uh, you know, initially. You know, the one with the least change is, you know, the I in I developer stands for incompetent. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, we could, um, uh, uh, batteries not included was another suggestion. That's uh, a good one. For it, um, or Muppets on Code, maybe. <laughs> that, that's, that's good too. So uh, there we are. I think a, a, rebra- a rebranding is in order. <laughs> I thought the Muppets are coding. It's like if somebody's coding, I think that's it's, it's at least uh, TV medical drama for they're having a heart attack or, or about to expire. So I think that that covers the we're old and about to die aspect of, of our show as well. Yeah, I, I guess we're old and about to die is also quite a good title for the um, <laughs> so yeah it's, for, the, it's, for the show. Like it's like it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly as it says on the tin. <laughs> Here we are. So um, I guess, really, I mean, this is our second show of the new year, but um, for everyone else... What happened What happened to the first one, Scott? Did you screw it up? Uh, uh, well, no, just for a change, it wasn't me, John. I'm not going to I'm not gonna mention who it was. Um, but, but we um, just know it wasn't you and it, it wasn't Sam. It wasn't me and it wasn't Sam. So that doesn't leave too many more options, and I think most of our audience can work that out. Um, although we could just could, we could just blame Sam. I think I think I'm all about throwing Sam under the bus. I mean, you sent you sent some massively pristine, dynamic audio of last week's show, and he somehow lost it. Exactly, it just got lost in the ether, and he sent me a mean tweet. So I think that that I deserve to throw him under the bus. Did he, you Sam? I can't imagine Sam being mean to you. Well, he well. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't overtly mean, but I I, I read between the the characters. <laughs> You decided that no matter what he was saying, he was you were going to judge it as mean. <laughs> exactly. Well, Scotty, what I think we were going to talk about was... Oh, we can insert the one surviving bit of audio here. What we were going to talk about <laughs> last week is... I don't, don't think I kept the three seconds you actually managed to record before your batteries failed on your recorder. I think. Oh, I, no, I, I still have it. So Sam is going to insert that bit of audio right here. Well, 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 money well... We are. Uh, yes, it's true. We've um, we've become app developers here again. Well, no, we've been app developers. We have our own app, shall we say. So uh, we are now the proud owners of MoneyWell, the home finance software with, that uses envelope budgeting. Go out today and buy it, kids. Yeah, so that, so that, so that Scotty continues to have a roof over his head. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> a small shed, anyway, <laughs> of some form. Yeah, a four-walled stall. <laughs> yeah. So we won't go into all the details, but, uh, yeah, we've um, acquired an application, uh, MoneyWell, for Mac and for, for iOS. Um, was owned way back in the past by um friend of the show, is what we're supposed to say, isn't it, if we're, in, if we're one of these hip shows. Um, uh, Kevin Hotter, who I think we spoke about the other the other week was the first guest we ever had on iDeveloper, I think. So there we are. Small world. Uh, but he sold the application on when he became a 
employee at uh, Apple because you can't be an app developer and uh, work there. Um, but uh, let's just say it didn't all work out, and now we are the owners of Moneywell, and we're um, enjoying the the thrill of being in a ten year old Objective C code base. Um, that um, you've never seen before and no one ever thought would ever need comments or anything like that. Um, and we're, we're working it all out. And it's, um, yeah, I think uh, we've only wanted to quit owning it on average about four times a day so far. So we're doing all right. <laughs> and has that number changed? Is it, is it holding steady? I think it's holding steady around around then. I think I think the one that is rising is the shall we just file a new project <laughs> and talking ourselves out of it. But um yeah, picking up picking up old code bases that are pretty large. I mean, Moneywell is a big app um, on on the Mac, um, particularly is you know it's quite um, especially a code base that was never built in a way that was going to have lots of different engineers working on it. Uh, it's it's got its its challenges um, to it, and it's uh, you know it can be a little frustrating. Equally. For various reasons, Moneywell 3 was released, oh, I think a couple of years ago, um, but there wasn't, uh, uh, but there, a lot of users are still on Moneywell 2. Moneywell 3 never made it into the Mac App Store at the time, but Moneywell 2 was, and so currently bug releases are still going out for Moneywell 3 and Moneywell 2. Um, because of the nature of the way of the repo, that means basically you do the bug release, the bug fixes twice. Um, and put them out so it's a uh, yeah it's all joy here it's all joy here and i've spent today debugging uh, multi-threaded kvo um, code that also has timers and dispatch queue d- uh, delay calls in so that's the type of oh you you are in hell i i, I hope you're wearing sunscreen in this bestest underwear <laughs> Yes, I did put my best asbestos underwear on, and uh, I did forget the sun cream. But there we are—the radiation from the uh, thing. So, but it's uh, it's good. We've got a um, we put out our first release last week, um, which is good. Just basically doing all the normal stuff, changing the URLs, changing the about boxes, whatever. But it's just shown that we can get the Sparkle releases out for the direct things. We've managed to get the version two that's not for sale in the Mac app store, but you still, people need updates from through app review. So that was good. The iPad app has been through an app review and, and been accepted now. So we're, we're making good progress. Although getting, um, if an app is no longer for sale, getting it to, you can't get it to automatically upload, uh, sorry, download an update on people's machines. It, it seems you have to, they have to delete the app and get it again, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. I didn't realize that, but there we are. Or, or we're doing it wrong. If somebody knows a better way, we'd love to know. Mm. So uh, I know you're only you know a short time in. Do you have an impression of what the bigger challenge is? The familiarizing yourself with an old code base versus dealing with, you know, kind of harvesting the existing goodwill and kind of planting some new new goodwill for for a product that that was you know felt that people had some people had felt it had been kind of abandoned. Yeah, I mean, one of the app, I think. Some people felt it was abandoned was a is a good way of describing it. The app had sort of been the last twelve months not um going backwards, shall we say um the app used to sync between um Mac and iPhone or Mac and Mac um it used fairly old syncing code back from the world west days of syncing um it was using Dropbox for syncing Dropbox version one API. 
And for whatever reasons, and I have no idea what the reasons are, the developer who had Moneywell before us was, um, you know, it stopped really working on it and maintaining it. It had that feeling. Maybe he hadn't fully, but anyway, that's what it looked like. And so about last February, February 2018, the syncing uh, broke within the app. Um, and the previous developer put out a blog post saying it doesn't work anymore, syncing. It might come back, it might not. Um, but it seems to, you know, the app has sort of fell out of favor at that point. For a lot of people, you know, the app hadn't had many updates. I think a lot of people probably left the app at that point. So it was a, a big issue. There's a couple of other things that have broken over the last 12 months as well. So our first priority is to really restore sync. Um, but uh, he said it was using very old syncing code. Um, in fact, it was using um, TI Cordata Sync, which was a sync framework done by our friend Tim Eisted mm. before he went off to work for Apple. Um, I think that we have more gets... people who have gone off to work for Apple as a result of having somehow been associated with this show. Um, I think we should take credit for it. I think, yeah, we should be charging um, Apple agency fees. Mm. Uh, um, so, I mean, this was, and this was back, say, when syncing was really... You know, a bit of a wild west, and everyone was trying to work out how to do it. And and it was fine, but it used Dropbox um, primarily initially. Uh, it's a little bit intrusive into the code base. So the first thing we're having to work out is, firstly, how do we want to implement sync going forward? Um, how do we take out the old sync and put the new sync in? What do we need to, what sort of um, uh, transition do we need to, to make? Now, I think because syncing has been broken for getting on for almost a year, we can assume that no one is syncing anymore. <laughs> um, so we can pro- probably just uh, start, you know, say, well, you've just got to start your sync again. Um, but obviously, if people fire up old versions of the app, so it's, yeah, it's quite a complex thing to work out. It's definitely from the support uh, emails we've been receiving so far, the thing that everyone has missed the most and wants back. Um, we're making no promises as to when because it's going to be a reasonably big job and we don't want to um you know fail to meet the target so yeah so i think getting to know the code well enough to be able to rip the current syncing out and put the new sync in is the major task to do however because that's quite a long task and we want to make sure everyone is aware that the app is now back in loving hands and um being updated there's you know lots of we're trying to do lots of minor bug fixes and maybe a few small enhancements alongside that as well. Um, but it's one of those things that every time you you touch something, you think, well, that's touching something else that could do with fixing, which is touching else, something else we should do with fixing. The app still targets 10.7, um, which is quite old and quite a, quite a few years, a lot deprecated since then. We're trying to decide, you know, should we leave it at 10.7 and work with the restrictions of that or do we bring it up to you know i, I know that the thinking is always well you should do the latest release and the um the one before but if an app has been supporting an old version for for a long time do you really want to jump five or six versions of the os forward straight away or do you want to start easing it up one at a time and um, so you gradually ease people forward but if you're going to force people to upgrade do you just force them to upgrade to the latest or, or whatever and these are all all questions to be answered um which i'm sure you went through all the time with um uh memory miner when you were working on that but uh, because it's yeah it is 
being a little bit out of date and not done. Yeah, we're trying to see, does this give us opportunities to do things we maybe couldn't have done if we were just ticking along? Um, don't want to be too conservative, but don't want to be too too out there either. Lots, Basically, lots of choices. There are. So does the Sparkle data give you an idea about what your existing installed base is in terms of operating systems? Yeah, the the app actually contains Fabric. So the existing user base, uh, we are getting some analytics on. Um, I would say, yeah, I think um, very few users on 10.7. There are a couple. I mean, it depends as well. We're looking at because because MoneyWell two and MoneyWell three are probably cons- both by their users considered. Like MoneyWell three was primarily a cosmetic release. It updated the UI with very few new features. And I- I'm going to make the assumption because of that, the percentage of the user base that upgraded was quite small. Um, so there are probably equal numbers of active users at the moment on MoneyWell two and MoneyWell three. Um, MoneyWell 3 tends to have slightly newer um, OS adoption, adoption, sorry. Um, Although MoneyWell 3 is not bad. I I would say the majority of users seem to be either on High Sierra or Mojave. I'm just looking at Matt to get him to see if he's agreeing with that. Majority of users on High Sierra and Mojave, probably from the analytics. Although then there are quite a few on Sierra and then just dropping back. So I'd say... 10.10 is probably the one that the release has. The first time you could say there are numbers that are, are, might even be worth talking about. Below that, you know, it's in the fuse. So I think I think we could probably safely go to 10.10 without you know, upsetting too many people. But it's, you know, can we push past that a little bit? And if we do push past that, what, you know, what are we gaining? Um, obviously, the for me on the Mac, 10.10 was a, quite an important one where things like NSView controllers became part of the responder chain automatically and stuff so you can stop messing around with all that sort of stuff so 85 to 90 yeah so it's um i just feel 85 to 90 percent are in high sierra or mojave so yeah we could just go straight to there and you know p five percent the users off but you know do we want to do that in one go i don't know we haven't made a choice on that yet we i mean are we've we've made a choice about four times a day so far so <laughs> there i realize that there's going to be a ton of interesting stuff to to talk about this so i don't want to 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 make this the world's longest episode and i don't want to kind of exhaust all future topics but how soon before you think you can actually ask your customers for money because that's certainly an important thing yeah this is uh, um I mean, obviously, for people to buy the app, I mean, you can't actually buy the app at the moment because it's we've not relaunched the sales page yet. Although that's is coming, so to buy the app in its current state, um, as long as you understand what you're getting, will, should be possible soon. So, getting money from new users, um, we should be able to start straight away. And obviously, we're not expecting to have a flood of new users because it's not a new release, and you know the reputation is down a little bit, but some money. Um, yeah, I think uh, this is a good question. I think for existing users, we have to restore confidence, first of all, which means we have to fix things, and we're not necessarily going to ask money for things. That, yeah, I think it would be very hard and probably unfair to ask for money for having things fixed that they once had and then went away. Um, yeah, however, we are, we're having a big debate at the moment that because you know we don't really want to continue working on MoneyWell 2 and MoneyWell 3. So, you know, do we really need to fix 
both of them or just fix the latest one. Uh, but then we need to get people from Moneywell 2 to Moneywell 3. So they get the fixes. A lot of people paid for the upgrade. So you, know, you don't want to really annoy all those people by then just suddenly saying to all the Moneywell 2 users, well, we're getting rid of Moneywell 2. So you, here's a free way to Moneywell 3. Um, but at the same time, we want them to come to Moneywell 3 because that makes our life easier for development. Uh, so I guess you're getting the good idea at the moment that we have no idea. <laughs> and then I, I'm curious about something else. Was syncing something, a service that, that people paid for through a subscription or was it just considered a feature of the app? It was a feature of the app because it worked through Dropbox. So people were paying for Dropbox see, effectively right. or using or using the free version of Dropbox. Um yeah, you know, back when syncing was first put into the app, I, I can't remember what the year, but you know, Dropbox had become quite a popular way of doing it. I think obviously if you were doing it these days, um, you would go straight for iCloud. Uh, so that's another technical question we have to ask because syncing is effectively broken um, and has been for a year. Can we, you know, should we restore syncing through Dropbox or should we just go straight to iCloud? Should we offer both? Um, these are questions we don't necessarily, you know, have, have the right answer to so far. Um, uh, yeah, so everything is, everything is, is, is decisions, but it was a, it wasn't a paid for service. And there's no, Um, and so basically you buy the software and you never get any money from the customers until they buy a new version. It was being sold on a tradition, traditional pay up front model. That's the way it's always been. And of course it was in, in the Mac app store. Um, you never got any more money. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that the previous developer didn't put money well three into the Mac App Store is I wasn't sure how to handle that whole do you just put a new binary in there and start again type of thing and tell people and just didn't deal with that that whole side of things. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, Nazi's decisions have got nothing to do with technical decisions. They're business decisions yeah. and it's all all mixed in together. So Sorry, Scotty, I think I have a cough. <clears throat> Subscription model. <clears throat> <laughs> subscription model. Oh, sorry. I'm um, uh, going. Yeah, no. Um, it's, yeah, that's, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. We've already had a, a couple of emails saying, please don't go to subscription. But equally, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the obvious model for this type of app. But then how do you transition? How do you not, you know, um, you know people have given you, you know, how do you honor the people who've already given you money or it may not have been us, but they gave the, as far as they're concerned, they gave the owners of the product money, um, you know, in a way that they're happy, but equally you get future revenue. Um, so yeah, these are all decisions we have to make. And obviously we can't, yeah, we're not going to say anything publicly. I mean, I'm happy to discuss lots of things on this show because, you know, that's, that's what we're here for and we'll get advice and people writing in and I'm sure some of our listeners will be money well users and will be writing in to say, don't do subscriptions or please do subscriptions. But, um, well, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it is the obvious thing for this, but yeah, that when you, I think if you were writing a brand new app, there's always that, that, um, uh, that balance isn't there if you're writing a brand new app you you go out there and you do all what is the latest way of doing things you know with with the way you do sync the way you do subscription when you have an existing app especially an app that you know users have been on for over 10 years in some cases um and there will be people who have bought this app 10 years ago at moneywell one and they have paid for moneywell two and paid for moneywell three and will have the feeling they've invested in this product uh, to keep it going forward, there are also people out there still using Moneywell One who've bought it once ten years ago and have never 
given another cent since and are still quite happy using what they're using or maybe not happy and want the upgrades but don't want to pay for them i i don't know so it's always a different thing isn't it when you've got that uh, an existing app that you need to transition uh from one thing to another i mean one of the reasons that i stopped doing ns conference is i wanted to do um something different with the conference but could find no way to do a happy transition because there's always going to be people who wanted it the old way you're never going to get the message across and people might buy tickets and come expecting it to be the old thing and it's a new thing and so it's generally felt the best thing to do was to just let it you know let it end and then if i wanted you know did decide to go forward with something different to launch something new which i've not got round to and had time to might just still do one day um yeah so so taking your existing users with you is a challenge i mean you know it's you can't just say well you've had their money time to move on and get new people because if you take your existing users with you there's an awful lot of users there that could could start becoming subscription users and therefore your income you know is is a lot better from day one than it will be if you just start from scratch and equally there'll be advocates for the app so you 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 have to sort of consider them in the journey but equally i don't think we can be too timid because at the end of the day we need this app to be financially viable otherwise it's going to go away for everybody so yeah it, it's yeah, a it's, it's, it's a fascinating a, set of challenges business and technical it really is it is i mean if, if, it's a little bit i'm gonna be honest it's a little bit overwhelming at the moment because everything you do raises about six questions whether it's technically whether it's business-wise and those six questions raise another six questions and and um uh, there's a um yeah, we we post a little video clip around in the office when we, you know, whenever we end up going down a a rabbit hole or something about you know a description of you know um, was it Malcolm in the Middle that video it is isn't it yeah Malcolm in the Middle um, yeah where the guy goes to change the light bulb and then um, realizes you know that the shelf is loose that the light bulbs are on so goes to get a screwdriver to um, uh, to mend the shelf and the drawer squeaks so goes to get to wd-40 to stop the drawer squeaking and realizes it's out so goes to the car to go to the store to get some more and realizes there's something wrong with the car so starts working on the car and then he's uh his wife comes in and says you changed the light bulb in the kitchen he says can't you see that's what i'm doing <laughs> that's funny that should go in the show notes. Uh, well, yeah we'll post that in the show notes so um it's uh yeah it is a little bit like that so yeah and i, I hopefully it's going to be interesting we maybe um you know maybe go back just recording where we're at on this show because and go back and just see how our ideas develop over the next next few weeks because we can't stay in this mode forever right now we can just dismiss things and say well we'll make it make our mind up next week or i don't know we'll choose eventually but over the next you know three or four weeks really we need to have a proper plan in a direction that we can get this stuff you know going properly otherwise we'll end up procrastinating forever so yeah but yeah it's tough making choices when there's lots of them mm. um so it's there uh, i mean yeah I, I was doing stuff today and i originally wanted to get in there and uh, we have sub modules inside sub modules inside sub modules inside sub modules and i went right down to the lowest one and started cleaning things up the app has loads of warnings i can't stand working on code with warning because you can't tell if a new warning arrives no and then i realized you know i just actually trying to fix a bug i know about just go fix that bug because otherwise i could be here for months fixing warnings and never fixing the actual bug i'm doing um yeah, so it is tempting not to, you know, not to go down those rabbit holes and actually ship stuff. But um, there we are. It's going to be fun. Uh, hopefully it will give us lots to talk about. 
because um, obviously when you're working on the consultancy stuff, you can't really talk about what you're up to other than how much you dislike React Native. Um, and we are still doing the consultancy, so fitting it in, not only we have to make decisions, we have to fit in around you know, the amount of consultancy we need to do to maintain an income to do this, because obviously the app doesn't really, because the app had been uh, effectively dying for a year, its income was, you know, very, very small, not, not, not really worth talking about. So it's not like we've picked up something that is already making money and supporting its development. Um, uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to be treating it almost like we're releasing one zero. We just happen to have a bit more there to work with, which is good and bad because we've got lots of features, but we, we've got lots of legacy to deal with. But it's uh, it's going to be fun, I think. Although we've been making Matt work on PHP all day, and he's not had fun at all. Poor Matt. And he just, <laughs> just that That's the sound of him leaving finally. <laughs> that, that, that was that was the door as he left left the building at the mention of PHP. <laughs> <laughs> so the PHP stands for pretty hopeless person. Yeah, I had to do, I had to do. <laughs> I had to do PHP last week, so it's uh, so he, I've just let him do it now. Um, yeah, you discovering yeah, you discover like yeah, there's seventy five PHP scripts on the old from the old website, and we're not sure. Yeah, we, we've worked out what three of them do, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> uh, we that's, that's partly why we just took down the old website and uh, put up a brand new one, even though it has very 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 little on it, because at least we know. Uh, what's on it so um and we're working our way through it but then again you realize you know oh maybe the app's not doing this right now because it was missing this script it was calling into i think we've covered all of them now but it is yeah it is interesting that's good there's just been a conversation about going sam can edit that out he's skillful it's matt's come back now he's skillful masculine and just a great guy and a killer bass player too uh yeah so anyway um yeah hopefully over the next few weeks we'll give you lots of feedback on that so um and if any of our listeners are many well users love to hear from you love to hear from you so what's going on with you well uh it's uh i will add a video I'm, i was debating it while you were talking about adding the malcolm in the middle video whether i could post a video i made of of a of a, a, a gloriously humorous uh fuck up uh that i i did i i i been working a lot on on improving the accessibility of of a new section of the app um which is the 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 genre filter right so you know at the uh, if you use the netflix iphone app across the top of of the home screen the first tab are these filters which allow you to say you know which by default are going to show you everything a combination of 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 movies and tv shows of all genre and then my list and, and a bunch of other stuff. But you can tap on one of them, say, I want to filter just by TV or by movie, or I want to filter by movie of type comedy. And and then you can remove the filters by by just tapping on the N logo. Um, and uh, to make this work with voiceovers, it presents a, a unique set of challenges because you've got to be able to label the, the state of the buttons as to, you know, what they will do if you if you select and tap on them and what their state is if, if that's the case. So the buttons are actually, they, they're kind of dual state. It's something that's subtle. If you have sight, there's a little triangle that appears uh, to indicate that the button is now representing a selected state. You tap on the button, up comes a picker, and then you can make a selection from the picker. And once that's done, there's a little triangle to indicate that something has been picked. 
And once you've made your selection, it does have to do a filtering operation, which will take an unknown amount of time. It's, it's, it's you know, in most cases, it's, it's pretty instantaneous because the filtering is done on the client, but it still takes an unknown amount of time. And so uh, it, it basically sends a message, the filtering is, is done, and then when the filtering is done, a notification gets posted and I need to announce what's what's changed and what the current state is and how people can then navigate to create a new state. So it, it's one of the, the more challenging things I've, I've done. You know, usually accessibility is pretty straightforward. And in fact, if you're using stock Apple components, it is all the work's been done for you. But once you do your own components, it's all on you. And, and uh, if you don't think about it from the beginning, you can run into a problem. And in this particular case, um, there are some things that should have been thought of in the beginning. And, uh, but that's okay. Uh, and so now they've been fixed. But I was testing something with doing a voiceover announcement because I think that, that you know, when you're first getting started with accessibility, there's, it's, it's very simple. Your UI elements, you know, your buttons, your labels, they have accessibility labels. Um, and so, uh, you know... It, it, Again, for most stock classes, it does what you need it to do without having to do anything. And then sometimes you just need to just post a notification, which will actually cause VoiceOver to read something. That's typically the case when when something really is important has happened in the app and you just want it to be read. But it's a timing thing because every time the UI layout is changing anywhere in the app, you select a tab, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 a layout just gets redrawn. The voiceover mechanism itself wants to read what it, it it intelligently thinks is the thing that needs to be read, and that's it becomes a very difficult dance to know when you're talking about a, a lot of asynchronous layout changes and how do you know when something is done and if and because you have modular components which you have to if you have a complex app the the message passing becomes tricky anyway so I thought I was all clever <clears throat> in working over a voiceover announcement that would read out the state of, of the filters and therefore the display. Um, and in order to, to, to create the string for doing it, and here comes the punchline, is you have to test, well, what's the state? Which item is selected? And so I made a classically stupid mistake of uh, <laughs> testing for if something equals something else, which of course was assigning the value to that and not testing for equality. You know, kids, there's a difference between equals and equals equals. And I, of course, just did it as equals and I was testing it. And when voiceover is running, that's the only time it would exercise this, you know, this if statement to, to generate the string. And what you ended up getting was this endless loop, which I have some video of at where it's re the process of reading out the state would would cause the filters to, to reset. And so it just keeps resetting and resetting and resetting. It's, 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 it's hilarious. I think that we could like put that as a half an hour program and people would watch it. It's certainly no less riveting than an eight hour video of a train journey in, in Norway, which we actually do have on the service. <laughs> Seriously. We, 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 that's another edge case. I was testing for something. We, we, we literally have some, some super long running videos. It's called slow TV. And, and one of them is this, this long video, uh, you know, this rail journey the other is like a fire burning it's great but uh it, i was so pleased when it, when it was and it was this thing where you know you, you've been programming for a long time you refuse to believe you could make such a stupid simple mistake but it, it's inevitably the stupid simple mistake so i tried to keep in touch with my my simplistic stupidity or my stupid simplicity however you refer to it but that was my fun week today. See, this is one of those things of legacy, isn't it, that we live with? That um, and, and it's not always the same in every language because some languages 
the single equal statement is in a test for equality and it has a different symbol for assigning. Um, I think Pascal has a different symbol for assigning, doesn't it? And uses a single equals for equality. I could be wrong there. Um, I seem to remember that's the case. But it's, um, yeah, so this equals and equals equals, you know, it's it's just a legacy we have to live with. That If we were designing a language from scratch today, um, you probably wouldn't do. But at the same time, like when they did Swift, they did it because like everyone is now so used to it to do something different would would be funny but it's like it is like why would you do it and then you get into languages that have three equals or maybe four equals for different things you know equal value and equal type i think is that javascript three equals so it's like um yeah there we are but basically john i'm just trying to to help cover up the fact that you you wasted um, your company's money on a really stupid mistake that's true but at least i caught it quickly <laughs> and i used it as a learning opportunity we were almost thinking we couldn't use it as a as a as a as a, a, an interview test question <laughs> like what's wrong with this <laughs> it'll be interesting wouldn't it, to do some analytics across all developers of how much time is wasted through what are actually I'm not going to say stupid mistakes, but they're just really simple stuff that we we get wrong all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, so and here's the other fun thing, and I will I will close out my section of the show with this. So I started mentoring um, a team of of students at my son's school, the robotics team. Um, and I think this is their third year, and they've they've come a long way. It's really impressive how quickly this was bootstrapped. Um, and uh, the first kids who worked on it now started in college, and his dad has continued to mentor. And uh, I've joined the team for mentoring. It's 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 a it's a genuinely beautiful and, and interesting thing because I'm watching kids who are first starting to program, and for this particular thing, you you know you you get your copy of of Eclipse and and download some jar files which are provided by the organizing by a university which is associated with this robotics competition. Um, so they they give you some Java classes that that help you you know. Uh, you know, operate these robots in terms of opening up a compressor and, and you know, sending some pressure to, to a valve that will then cause this thing to happen or to be able to, to power up the motor or to move a switch in one direction. So the, the coding part of it is, is, is as probably as simple as you can make it. Um, but in seeing some of the students, I, I, I see in their questions and even in their eyes and facial expressions, it really brought me back because when you're first starting it and everything seems a mystery, you know, then you, you're in this state where you think, I don't want to be wrong and I know that I'm, you know, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to kind of, you know, demonstrate that I'm wrong in front of my peers. And then the tendency is to kind of struggle on something. What I've realized that my breakthrough is when I realized that, Everybody is wrong all the time, and it's better if you're uncertain about something or even as a matter of course, run the program or show it to somebody because that's the only way you can kind of say, no, you were, you actually were right, which can certainly happen. You should trust, you, know, you should not believe that you're always going to be wrong. You should believe that you, know, you actually can be right, but that if you're worried about being wrong, don't worry because everybody's wrong all the time and all you have to do is you know, find out if you're wrong or how wrong you are. And then, and then to become right is pretty easy as well. So it's, 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 it makes me feel very happy to kind of help 
kids get over get over the hump that I remember well getting over, except for when I was getting it over, I was already 30 years old and not, you know, 15 and 16 as these kids are. And I'm kind of jealous because, you know, there they will be much better engineers than I will ever be in my life in probably another three years. That's not entirely true, but uh, you know what I'm saying. That, 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 but we'll, but we, we will work with that, John, because it will be good fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That's, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we ought to wrap up. Do you know what? I think um, every time I've I, I went to Matt a couple of times today for clarification on stuff, and since then I think when I've been saying something and I use the word I think, I've just heard a voice behind me, and I'm assuming he's still clarifying things, but because I've got headphones on, I can't hear a word he's saying. So it's just this moment. But I think I might give him a microphone next week, and we can, we can have Matt on the show as the, the fact verifier. Mm. For um for the for the show and it doesn't matter if Matt says it's true it's true that, that could be the way it goes. Well, that could be a segment uh, fact checking with Tat Mancock <laughs> or Silent Sam speaks. <laughs> Silent Sam speaks. John, if your adoring public want to um, contact you on repetitive infinite loop uh, <laughs> <laughs> with with adoration for you, how should they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, where can where can the one? I wonder the Venn diagram of MoneyWell users and our listeners. There's got to be at least one and a half people that. Uh, where can they send feature requests and angry emails? So you're suggesting our entire listenership is MoneyWell users. I hope so. <laughs> so that means any dodgy release could lose all our listeners. Yes. <laughs> Or any any dodgy podcast could lose all my customers, one or the other. Um, they can get hold of me on Twitter as MacDevNet, uh, or they can get hold of both of us by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it's been great to speak to you, and this time for it to hopefully be recorded. Are your batteries still good? They are, and the numbers are still going up. Excellent. We, we stand a chance of uh, maybe getting a show out this week. So uh, hopefully everyone out there will enjoy it, or at least uh, tolerate it in the uh, New Year spirit in which it is given. Uh, thanks for listening, folks, and until next time, you take care. <laughs> Thank you.